Hey everybody, welcome to Peace and Chaos. This is Carrie and this is episode seven. So glad that you're joining me here as I talk about ideas on parenting and relationships as we all try to be peace in the midst of chaos. So what I have been doing is going through a um, visual poster that my husband and I made a few years ago and a handout that goes along with it. So if you go to my blog, it's peaceandchaosblog.blogspot.com, you can um, access the poster and the handout. So we've been going through each of the points on there. Um, Last time we talked about being present and humble and spending quality time with the with each other. So today we are going to go over number five, which is the idea that misbehavior is an opportunity. So this is a hard one for me, <laughs> it's, um, but it is super helpful to adjust my attitude and my mindset towards behavior. So first of all, we have to kind of dispel the myth that misbehavior is an inconvenience, an annoyance, an embarrassment, um, a failure of us as a parent. It is not any of those things. It is a part of life. It is going to happen and it is not going to stop. (laughs) So I think I need to remind myself of that often. And I'm just telling you guys everything that I need to hear myself, that I need to be reminded of, that I need to hear a hundred times over. So what is helpful is if you understand that behavior is the language of a child or adults. And so inappropriate behavior or misbehavior is just them inappropriately communicating. They're trying to express something. There is a need, there is a root to it. And The misbehavior is just them expressing themselves in an inappropriate way. So we have to start viewing it as an opportunity. Uh, I recently listened to a podcast that was really helpful in thinking about all of this. It's the Don't Mom Alone podcast, and it's episode 176 with Paul David Tripp. And so some of what I'm going to say now is from that. He, t- he talked about how misbehavior is just our opportunity to look at the heart of our children. And it's also, if you didn't know, when we misbehave, it's an opportunity to look at our own hearts. So when I am snappy with my husband or yell at the kids, it's not really about them. It is about my own heart. And so when the children are misbehaving, it's not an offense against me, even if they are hitting me. It is a matter of their own heart. They are their own people. I am my own person, and we have to own up to our own hearts and what's going on in them. And so you really have to view this parenting thing and um, behavior modification and training as a lifelong process. I think for me, somewhere along the line, I got in my head that if I had taught my kids how to do something 
one, two, three, four, five times, then I expected that they would never do it again. And that's just not how it works. I am a grown adult and that's not how I work. I still say things with a nasty demanding attitude and don't say thank you or please sometimes. And I am 35 years old and I know that I should do that. And I would like other people to do that to me. And I ask my kids to do that. But if I am tired or hungry or anxious because, you know, there's a global pandemic right now, sometimes that's why I'm being snippy and I need to stop and look at my own heart and what's going on with me and why am I being extra controlling right now or why am I saying things in a rude tone. Um, It's the same thing for our kids. We cannot expect them to just stop misbehaving because we've explained things before. It is a lifelong process of conversations and conversations. So these times of misbehavior are our opportunities to have really good conversation conversations with our kids. And what Paul Tripp talked about in the Don't Mom Alone podcast is he gave um, no five questions that we can ask when there's something going on. And the idea behind this is we need to be a, the detective for our kids' hearts. Now, keep in mind in this, and I have to remind myself of this often, we are being the detective to help them figure out what's going on and help them find an appropriate way to handle what's going on in their heart. But we are not responsible for fixing their heart or saving it. That is 100% um, in my beliefs, the work of Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. Um, And our kids have to choose to believe that themselves and choose to have a surrendered life to him in order for them to have um, a heart that, you know, isn't going to just keep on making the same mistakes over and over and over again. But even if they have surrendered their lives to Jesus, like I have, they are still going to need training of how to change their thinking and their hearts because I still need that. Everybody I know still needs that. It is just a lifelong process of learning and grace and more learning. So he said, you have to ask good questions. So when something's going on and the key here would be for us to have the right mindset going into this, not speaking in a harsh tone, not shaming them and yelling them, but just to say, Hey, what's going on here? I want to talk to you about this. I want to help you. So question number one, what's going on here? Um, so it might be, she, I was playing with that and my sister took the toy from me. Okay. So question number two is what were you thinking and feeling? Um, So the kid might say, I was still playing with that and I felt really mad when they took it. Um, And a little caveat here, I always try to say 
like reflect back with my kids. So you were feeling mad or you were feeling sad or you were feeling scared. Not you are mad, you are scared. I don't want to put that label on them. I'm putting a label to the feeling that they're having. Um, I don't want them to think that they're a, a mad, sad, you know, bad person. It's a, it's a label for the behavior or the feeling that's going on. So they might say, you know, I, I still wanted to play with that. So I was mad and sad that my sister took it. And then the third question is, what did you do in response? So oftentimes for my kids, this might be, I, I ripped it out of her hand to get it back. Okay. And then, um, sorry, I just got a text that came through my computer. So the fourth, or I'm sorry, the third one, what did you do in response? I ripped it out of her hand. And then the fourth question, well, why did you do that? Now that is what he was pointing out is, is really the important question here. You had them think about the condition of their heart, that they were feeling mad, feeling sad when someone takes something from them. <clears throat> so then you go back to num with number four, why did you do, why did you do it? You know, well, I guess maybe it would be great if they got to the point. A lot of times my kids won't answer this question. They just look at me and I say, well, do you think maybe you, you react in anger or you react when you're sad or mad, you react in anger and react harshly when someone takes something from you? And then the fifth question is, what was the result? So fifth, the fifth question you want to ask the kid is, what was the result of that? So that's, again, just making them think about consequences and training their mind to go, hmm, when my heart is in this condition and I act this way, what are the consequences of that? What are the results? So this is just a way for us to have an opportunity to really get to the heart of the matter. And then often, I mean, my kids are on the younger end. So oftentimes these conversations then for me, I like to say, well, how could we redo this? Let's go back, rewind. What, what would be the right way to do this? And then this is where I think of it as more of a training opportunity of what was going on. Your sister took the toy you were playing with. Well, what do you think you could have done in that moment? Okay, you know that you're likely to get mad, so maybe stop and think. Take a deep breath um, and hold, you know, hold your hand out. But having, I always tell my kids to glue their elbow to their ribs to their side and hold your hand out and say, can I please have that back? I was still playing with it. Oftentimes, surprisingly, that actually works. Even with like a two or a three or four-year-old, if you just hold your hand out, not grabbing it, not in their face, but kind of back, like I said, elbow to, the, to your side and your hand out, can I please have that back? A lot of times they will reach back out and give it. And then usually what I train them is, and if they don't in that moment, then just please calmly get up and come find mom and say, mom, my sister took something from me. I asked for it back the right way, but she's not giving it back. And then I can come and kind of help work through that situation. Um, and then we can talk about, well, what's the results of handling it the right way? 
Nobody was upset. You didn't hurt your sister. Nobody was crying. You guys got to continue playing Barbies together, um, et cetera. So it's just a way for me to know what I'm going to do as well. So it helps me as a parent to stay calm in the midst of misbehavior. Like I kind of know what I'm going to do. I'm just I hear the screaming, I hear the misbehavior, and of course, I do the wrong thing many, 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 many times. <laughs> the wrong thing being I might run in the room and be like, what's going on? You two separate, whatever, I react. But on a good day when I'm thinking the right thing, I'm trying to just come in and say, okay, this is an opportunity for me to have a conversation, a heart conversation, and to be a good detective and to help them. So... This is a lot of work. This is exhausting. This is lifelong. And I don't say that to be negative. I just say that because I need that reminder and that healthy expectation. This is what I signed up for <laughs> when I became a parent. And I, this is the way I want to do it because I want the long-term results of heart change I want the long-term results of them to be able to be adults who know how to express their feelings and know how to say what they need and know how to ask for things the right way and know how to problem solve and have good relationships. I want to, I want to do that. I want to have relationships with my kids when they're adults. I want to respect them as people. I don't want to just go through these battles. Um, He talked about Paul Tripp on that podcast too, that we are not trying to win a battle of wills. Oftentimes I walk into the room and I'm like, all right, I'm going to shut this down and I'm going to win and I'm going to make sure, make everybody be quiet and bring peace in this house. That's not, (laughs) that's not going to bring long-term peace. Long-term peace is, it means it's going to be messy. It's going to be long, hard conversation after conversation And I just believe that that's how our father God treats us. And he is in it for the long haul. He is patient with us. He has conversation after conversation with us, getting to the heart of what's going on with us, giving us a chance to repent and do things his way. And when we do things his way, it brings life and freedom and peace and joy all those wonderful fruits. And I have experienced that thousands of times. Just when I, when I get to the matter of what's going on with my heart and I search down deep of what I need to do to transform my heart, to be more like Jesus and then act accordingly, there is just so much joy and freedom that comes. So yeah, sorry, that was kind of a long one. I'm trying to keep these really short because I know as a parent, we don't have much time, but um, it's a very important one. And so I hope that you guys are able to have your own little heart transformation. And I know this is helpful for me to remember um, that misbehavior is an opportunity. Thanks for listening and um, feel free to contact me at uh, Podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Have a great one.